Uh, my name is Rick Napier, the president, CEO of Real People USA based in California. And uh, Real People USA is a pro-capitalism, uh, anti-socialist, anti-communist, GOP candidate coaching and fundraising organization. And we believe the systematic approach to campaigning where candidates work for votes and fundraising dollars. Uh, my background is uh, United States Air Force Combat Communications Military Service Specialist, uh, Fortune 500 Sales Manager, and a private sector consulting firm CEO. Father of three sons and married for 34 years. I want to introduce to our Real People USA podcast a California Republican State Assembly candidate in District 76, newly redrawn. And, her, and the website, Christie's website is christybrucelane.com. So without further delay, I would like to welcome to the Real People USA podcast, Christy Bruce Lane. How are you doing, Christy? I'm good, Rick. Thank you for having me today. And let me share my platform and talk about my race. Excellent. Excellent. Before we do that, please tell our listening audience a little about yourself, like, for instance, place of birth, education, and business experience. Okay, so I was born in Bakersfield. I think, uh, what you know, everybody has probably passed through there at one point or another. Um, small farming town off the 5 and, and Highway 99. And uh, born in an agricultural family, and uh, we, also, we also have trucking in our family as well. Uh, went away to school at Cal Poly San Luis Obispo, a Go Mustang. Um, after graduating there with a nutritional science degree, crop science degree, and biotech uh, degree, uh, I went out into the corporate world and started working. And um, most of my corporate background is in healthcare and in agriculture. And uh, now I serve as uh, the president. I'm the founder of an organization called the Thumbprint Project Foundation, which we uh, aid in the transitional process of homeless children impacted by childhood domestic violence. I'm an elected official. I fight for our water here in the state of California. I'm a proven leader and a huge community advocate. Excellent. Now, you mentioned some business experience, and I tend to always believe that uh, current business owners have a little more experience and uh, can can do more for you know uh, California voters than people without business experience. So, what can you say has been the most important lesson you have learned as a business owner? Well, you know, um, when you run a business, it's all about leadership and and leading people with a purpose and. Um, you know what you find out uh, because you run across all walks of life. I, you know, I believe we have more in common than what separates us. And people want opportunity; they really do. And we have a lot of hardworking people in this state. You know, that want a safe place for their family and their kids to grow up. Uh, they want a kid. They want their kid. You know, watch their kids uh, grow and thrive. And it's becoming harder to do that in California, and it's become unaffordable, as we know. Um, and the taxes are, are skyrocketing. It's driving our families out of state because they simply can't afford to even live where they work. And, um, you know, you just learn about people's lives and, and it's, uh, people are fascinating. And, and, um, and, and that's what I love about uh, serving the public and, and running a business is that you find that we have a, a lot more in common and uh, we're all really wanting the same things. Exactly. Now, Christy, District 76 was just recently redrawn, 
and um, and I, I think you'll you'll tell us what where the the boundaries of District 76 are. But why are you running as a District 76 uh, California State Assembly member? Well, you know, um, I, politics it seems like has been in my life uh, since I was day, the day I was born. I've always uh, been in tune to issues with water coming uh, from an agricultural family, but. You know, Rick, in 2019, um, due to the bad policies and the dysfunction of Sacramento, I lost my dad. And I was the one left, you know, naming the time and day that I would have to pull life support off of him. And it was directly related to the bad policies in Sacramento. Uh, I, I have a son out in this world as well. He's seven years old. Um, I'm a proud mom. And, you know, the, the dysfunction and, and the bad policies are now, they're coming after my son. And um, he's my life, my joy. I have a lot to protect, as most families do, uh, how they feel about their kids. And I have the background uh, professionally, politically, and in the community to stand up and take this seat. And so um, I'm an elected official already. I know how to win a race. And... And I, and I want to take this seat so I can go up to Sacramento and enact common sense policies and legislation that, that are good for the people. Excellent, excellent. So please describe or please uh, tell our listeners the boundaries of District 76. Okay, so the newly drawn District 76 encompasses San Marcos, Escondido, San Pasqual Valley, Lake San Marcos, the Del Dios area, Rancho Bernardo, Forest Ranch, uh, Carmel Mountain Ranch, Rancho Penasquitas, all the way down to Carmel Valley, up to Fairbanks Ranch and Rancho Santa Fe. And, and you already know this because you, you you live there, but San Diego, in my opinion, has some of the most beautiful, the most beautiful landscape in California. I mean, there's, there's not a lot of snow, obviously, but I mean, San Diego is just a beautiful part of California and those areas you just mentioned. Are, are just fascinating just to you know just a drive through <laughs> so thank you for describing yep. the boundaries now let's get yep. to the question about your your platform items what are your platform items and why and of course we know in california there are so many issues going on there are so many things that you could you could fight for but what are your platform items and why okay so i you know I want to cut taxes for the hardworking San Diego families and, and support those businesses and small businesses and their workers. But, you know, we have some real issues going on in California that are, that are getting worse. So uh, I'm going to continue to address the homeless crisis and public safety, uh, advocate and legislate for nursing home reform, um, for school choice. And I take it a step farther, Rick, and I say, you know, I'm going to fight for safe learning environments for our children so they don't feel like they're just trying to survive, but they can thrive. And of course, I'm, I'm still going to fight and ensure uh, clean drinking water for people, for food production, and the environment. Fantastic. Now, my next question is what experience, and I think you've already sort of laid that out, but what experience makes you better, the better candidate than your primary opponent? Yeah, so I would say not only am I a better candidate than my primary opponent, but also the incumbent that's seated. And I say that because I have a lot of experience working within the issues in our community. So just to give you a small sample of how I've served my community prior to putting my name on the ballot, which I think is very important because 
I believe that if, if you cannot serve, then you can't lead. The issues are so complex. Um, so I'm the president and founder of the Thumbprint Project Foundation, which I deal, again, with homeless children who've been impacted by childhood domestic violence. I serve on the Homeless Services Subcommittee for Salvation Army, Door of Hope. Um, I'm on the President's Council. I'm a board member uh, for Palomar Health. I'm a board member on the San Diego Council on Literacy. I serve as a member on the San Diego Regional Task Force on the Homeless. Um, I'm, a, I'm an advocate for the California Advocacy for Nursing Home Reform. And I'm a San Diego Rotary Club 33 member, amongst a, a lot of other organizations. But obviously, you know, I've served my community and those issues that matter. Um, and I know how complex they are. And, you know, that gives me the advantage because when I take that seat in Sacramento, I have the experience to enact that legislation that is effective. And there's a difference because you can have somebody in a seat that has zero experience that's a career politician and doesn't know the issues and they really don't work for their people. All they're doing is, is really working for themselves and, and taking a paycheck. Um, so my experience uh, hands down separates me from the incumbent and my, my primary opponent. And I'm an elected official, so I know how to win a race. In fact, I unseated a longstanding Democrat in the seat that I took. And so um, I plan in this race to implement a very strong strategic, you know, uh, strategy uh, like I did in my last race and finally take our seat back in this Assembly District 76. Thank you, Christy, for that. And I love the Rotary Club. I've, I've been to some of their um, their meetings here in Sacramento, and that's a great organization. Now, yep, it's a... now, now this next one, and, and you know, the term rhino, I mean, it, it started about 10 years ago, and I didn't really know what that was about. But now <clears throat> I'm starting to see more and more people pop up with this, uh, this label as Rhino, which stands for Republican and name only. Now, if you believe Rhinos exist, why are Rhinos a threat to the California Constitution and the U.S. Constitution? Yeah, so Rhinos do exist, and, um, you know, they really do compromise the Constitution. And um, you see them tend to compromise their morals and principles um, to be accepted, and to appeal uh, to the liberal agenda to oftentimes get reelected. And, and what you'll see is it's all about keeping a job. It's not about serving the people. And they, you can tell because they run very passive uh, vanilla campaigns. Um, they're not principled, I would say. And, you know, they're, they're popping up a lot, especially in California. Now, we're in a very liberal state and the voters tend to lean left in this state. And, and for the most part, for, for what we call rhinos, it's about either taking that seat or, or keeping a job at this point. And it's very dangerous to our Constitution. Um, so, yeah, they, I, I believe they exist, and uh, I know they're out there. Yeah, you know, like you said, like rhinos are popping up all over the place. And here in Sacramento, you know, I, I'm starting to see people who, uh, like I was talking with a, a candidate a couple of weeks ago, and he said... A lot of the, the candidates, they, they look great while they're running. And then once they get into office, they flip-flop. And, and yes. that's enough. <laughs> to me, that was that's a shocking exactly right. admission. 
Yep, that's exactly right. So you, I don't know if you've heard of the term coffee shop candidate before. No, you said firm. that. You said that on one of your posts. Please explain that. Yeah, so it's so interesting. You know, like you say, it's these, these candidates who look good, right? It's like walking into a coffee shop and you say, you know what, you over there in that corner, you look like you could play this part. You know, you can talk, you know, you can walk, you, you sound great. I'm going to put you in this race. And they get snatched up. But what you find out is that if you dig deep, and this is why I always say you have to research your candidate, is that they have zero experience, none at all. And so, like you say, when they get back in Sacramento, it becomes they can't enact effective legislation or they start flip-flopping to appease people. And um, that's what that's what I mean by coffee shop candidates. It's like one day, you know, it's like, where did they come from? They come out of nowhere, nowhere rather than... A candidate like myself, who's been serving the community for many years, have worked in the trenches with the, with the issues, and can go to Sacramento and, and day one and enact legislation. And there's a true difference, and not flip-flop, and be moral and principled. And I do that sitting in my seat now, um, you know, in my elected position. And, I, you know, I even publish my vote writ. That's how principled and, and, and standing firm I am. I'm not afraid to put my vote out there, publish it in a newsletter that goes out to 25,000 of my constituents and tell them what my vote was and why I voted that way. You won't find a lot of people doing that. No, in fact, I gosh, I think you and maybe one other candidate or, or person in, in, in uh, California office uh, does that. So that's an excellent uh, feature uh, for your candidacy. Uh, my next question is, what actions are you taking to increase the probability you will win the general and uh, well, primary and general elections? Well, you know, I've been working hard. I launched my campaign late July, early August last year. So I've been working hard for, for quite a few months. And I've actually earned, and, and I say earned with emphasis, um, key endorsements from the top local officials, uh, Congressman Darrell Issa, Senator Brian Jones, Reform California leader Carl DeMaio, Supervisor Joel Anderson. I mean, even across boundaries, Asian uh, for Americans for Equality, uh, Equality for All, um, the Hindu Americans of San Diego. Um, you know, I'm working hard and I'm taking action and I'm, I'm you know, gaining that local support that I need. Local support is important. <clears throat> and understanding the local issues, not being swayed by establishment Sacramento Republicans. Uh, you know, I am an anti-establishment candidate. I know what the issues are and uh, how important they are to the people. And I work within those issues. Um, I'm, I would be considered what you call grassroots. And... Um, Every day I'm out there talking to my voters. I'm involved in the community. I'm visible. You know, Rick, from the day I took office, I've been committed to bringing accountable, transparent government and being a visible representative uh, with experience that reflects the voice of our community. I can tell you that uh, the incumbent, yeah, we call him the invisible manshine because he's nowhere to be found. Uh, literally, he's nowhere to be found. You know, Rick, we had a... We had a quite a serious case in Rancho Bernardo. A uh, sexually violent predator was about to be placed in in, the, in that area where families are, where kids are, and the community came together. I was there front and center fighting this, and uh, the invisible man shine was nowhere to be found. But it's 
funny about this, in a knee-jerk reaction, he implemented a bill, and within this bill, to save space, I would say, it states, and this is the funny part, it states that you can place a sexually violent predator within a quarter mile of a school, a playground, community center. And I, I start scratching my head, I said, you know, predators can walk a quarter mile, they can drive a quarter mile. This is insanity. And it's just another worthless piece of legislation that we see coming out of Sacramento. Um, so I say, well, what I say connected to my community, and um, those are the actions I'm taking. And I, and I get in front of the voters, and, and they get to know me for who I am and what I'm fighting for. And uh, so, you know, those are important actions to be visible, I would say. And people can uh, access me at any point. They can email, I, email me. I always respond. They can call me, and I always call back. I'm available at any time. And that's what true leaders do. I love that, caric- that caricature of invisible manshine. I'm seeing a graphic. I'm seeing a graphic of a silhouette, <laughs> of a silhouette with this, uh, you know, this this uh, picture on it, and and I just see it. I, that's a. I hope you run with that. <laughs> that's, I, I that's powerful. will. You know, it's powerful. It is very powerful. And I'll tell you, I, I'll even separate myself from the primary candidate. The question has to be asked. How have you served your community prior to putting your name on the ballot? That has to be asked. And in turn, another question to follow up would be, since you lost your election in 2020 by double digit and did not surpass vote Republican voter registration even in your race, what have you done to serve the community after that? Mm-hmm. And what you will find is absolutely nothing. And that is a very important point to make because are you self-serving or are you serving the people? Yeah, that's right. And I, and I'm glad you brought that up because I'm, I tell, you know, people that I speak with that, that are running for office, what makes you a, a great candidate once you get elected, if you can't show what you're doing before you get elected? That's right. And that, that's right. And, and it just follows on the line, uh, along the line of if you haven't served, you're not going to know the issues, the ins and outs of them. When you get to Sacramento, you'll be ineffective, an ineffective legislator, basically collecting the paycheck on our taxpayer dollars and not doing good for the people. Yeah, I'll tell you, my, uh, my, the candidates in my district, the Senate and the um, assembly members, I never, and they're both Democrats, I never get anything from them. The only time I know they exist is during, during election season, I'll see a, con, a sign, and his name is Ken Cooley. That's his name. And uh, that's mm-hmm. the only time I remember that he's my local rep is when I see the sign <laughs> yeah. during election yeah. day. Um, that's true. So I, so I have two more questions, and this is one that a lot of California Republicans are, are thinking about and talking about. And the question is, what actions are you taking to minimize or eliminate voter fraud during the primary and general elections? Yeah, it's very important. Um, You know, I strongly support voter ID. And I'll say any legislation that doesn't require voter identification, I'll oppose. I think that is the biggest thing I can do. Um, And uh, you know what? It's actually a very good question for those in Sacramento right now. Um, to outline what they have done in those seats mm-hmm. and at the higher levels. 
and with the establishment. What have you done to address that? Uh, but I do strongly, strongly support voter ID. We need it. We need it desperately in this state. That's correct. And I think, I think one of the uh, things that are in our favor here in California, there have been so many disenfranchised Democrats who have suffered pain, misery, and destruction under Newsom and under the, uh, and, and under the, the local state uh, Democrat officials that I believe uh, they, there may be a, a total transformation of California uh, during this next ele- election cycle. So I do believe so. I agree. I agree 100%. I think um, we have more in common that what separates us here in California and people are starting to, you know, it's visible now. It's on our streets. Our homelessness is growing out of control. You know, Rick, I'll tell you, uh, we've already fostered our next generation of homeless right now, and I want to explain that. So because I work in public safety as well, I work with our uh, family justice centers, I work with... um, you know, Boys and Girls Club, uh, Salvation Army, Molina Healthcare, Radies Children, um, you know, Door of Hope. I work with all these key partners uh, that are addressing the homelessness crisis. I'll tell you, you know, during the time of COVID, our children were exposed to domestic violence. And there's a lot of families who have that undercurrent, but they were trapped behind closed doors with no voice. And they didn't have uh, somebody to reach out to during that time. And, um, you know, I want statistically, I think this is important to point out that children who are exposed or grow up with domestic violence are six times more likely to commit suicide. They're 50 times more likely to be addicted to drugs and alcohol. They're 74 times more likely to commit a violent crime. If you see, 90% of our prisoners come from domestic violence homes. So we have already started that process. What my foundation does and what I work within is preventative measures, prevention. And there's no other organization that does that. And currently in legislation, we don't even address prevention. We're too busy throwing money at the situation. And we're not strategically placing that money um, to do the most good at this point. Um, and you have to do that. But I can assure you, Rick, we have our next generation of homelessness growing right now. And the people see it out on the street. It's very visible. And the question I have for Californians is, how young does a child have to be before you care, before you'll actually mm. do something about it? And you know what? My community asked me to step up, and I did. And I created the Thumbprint Project Foundation. We're raising awareness. We're providing the, the, you know, the transition that these kids need to stop surviving but thrive, because that's what our kids deserve. Our kids in California deserve better. And... Um, Like I said, I go back to, I think it's visible all around us. Our farmers are being cut off from the water. And let me connect the dots for you there, Rick. If our farmers cannot produce nutrient-dense foods that are on our children's plates at night, our diabetes rates skyrocket, our health care costs go up, and guess who pays for it? Our taxpayers. It's our taxpayer money. We need water to the farmers. We absolutely need it. And we need fresh, clean drinking water. Over a million people in the state of California, do not have fresh, clean drinking water. And that's a crime. That is an absolute crime. We deserve better. Uh, I wanted to talk to you just a little bit about our nursing home uh, reform platform I stand on. I provide the voice to our most vulnerable populations, not only our children, but our elderly. I lost my dad in 2019, like I told you earlier, 
to nursing home negligence. Because of the bad policies out of Sacramento, you know, the nursing home my dad was placed in, which was actually under receivership, it should have never even been operating in the first place. You know, he caught an infection and he died from the infection. He was only in there for two weeks awaiting a surgery. A lot of people say, well, how dare you put him in a nursing home? What you don't understand is my dad was all there mentally. You know, he didn't think anything of it. And uh, he said, you know, I want to I want to be by my family. I've opened wounds on my my legs. I can't go to assisted living. I you know, I'm only going to be there two weeks. It's not a big deal. I have visitors every day. You know, I'm in and out of there. Just a, he, you know, he called it a pit stop. It's a brief pit stop. Well, it took his life. And I can assure you, with those left behind that I, I was able to meet, there are many voiceless elderly out there. In fact, uh, we have about 86 nursing homes here in San Diego. 20% of them are operating uh, below average. And these people have no voice. And I think what put us on the map, Rick, was uh, COVID. And we saw what happened in New York. A lot of mm-hmm. unnecessary deaths that happened. And, you know, on the other spectrum uh, of the vulnerable population, our children, school choice. Um, there should be opportunity for all. I sit on the board of San Diego Council on Literacy. 46% of our third graders here in the San Diego Unified School District, the second largest school district in the state of California, aren't at reading writing uh, goals. And 50% of our fourth graders and eighth graders in the state of California do not meet reading and writing goals. Our kids, when they're walked behind those gates, you know, they're, they're being bullied. Uh, they're not in safe environments. They're physically and, and uh, mentally hurt. Uh, we have racism. We have anti-Semitism. We have our, um, you know, different populations being attacked. Um, the kids are being exposed to things that you and I, Rick, were never exposed to growing up. And they can't learn in unsafe environments. They shut down. And... Um, it's a tragedy. We've lost due to COVID. They've been set back a full year now. And, I, and yeah, our kids deserve, deserve better. If not more. <laughs> yeah. Our, our kids deserve better. And, um, you know, because I sit on the San Diego Council on Literacy, you know, I've served on the Academy of Business and Technology Board where I've served underserved um, students as well, uh, earning them, you know, scholarships to bridge the college. But all of this is gonna is gonna have a rippling effect. What's happening with COVID? But uh, with our kids, we're seeing it today with the, the masking of our children. They need to see the the mouth move. Uh, they need to to see. They they need to learn English, especially the the developmental years. You know, the five to seven to eight. Um, they need they need this. And with that, when they're masked, they can't. They can't understand the words. They don't know how to pronounce them correctly. It's, uh, it's insanity what's going on. We need to unmask our children. We, we need to get the masks off of them. Uh, we deserve better here in California. Our future generations deserve better. And I will stand for them. And that's well, what Christy, my campaign is about. Christy, it seems like there is a, <clears throat> a premeditated effort to damage our kids. I, 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 hate the fa- I hate the fact that I have to say it like that. But all mm-hmm. the evidence points toward <clears throat> these these California Democrats do not want uh, you know kids on the West Coast and in the state of California to be successful and to prosper. I hate to say I hate to say that I live in a state where you know failure is the is the is the is the result. 
I hate to say it. Yeah. That's what I'm seeing. Rick, you're right. And it's all about control, right? It's mm-hmm. all about control. You know, I'll tell you, uh, the incumbent Manshine voted for AB 101. And that was the requirement for the ethnic studies uh, for high schoolers to take to, to graduate along along with other bills that he's passed um, that are just hurting our kids. And um, it is about control. And what I'm about is is reaching into those populations and lifting them up, lifting them out of poverty. That's what I'm about. I don't want to keep our families and our children in poverty. They don't deserve it. They don't need to be there. And... Um, it, it, we all pay for it when that happens. We as a community should lift each other up. It's a, but for, for the Sacramento Democrats, it's about control, whether it's controlling uh, how much taxes we pay, controlling our water, controlling our food, um, you know, controlling our children at this point. It's all about control. And we need to fight. We are asking permission to implement our constitutional rights. Yep. And these are our God-given rights, Rick. And uh, we need to fight. And it's time to stand up. And that's exactly what I'm doing. I'm standing up. Excellent. Well, Christy Bruce Lane, how can people who believe in your campaign and your experience support you? Um, your website is ChristyBruceLane.com. And I just want to tell you, it's been a it's been a treat and an honor to interview you today. I mean, you have brought some um, great uh, nuggets, I call them, to to the issues that are impacting Californians. So please let people know how can they support you. Well, you know, support comes in a lot of ways, and uh, donations are great because it allows me to get my message to the people. Uh, but if you would like to walk in my campaign, walking is always fun. It's an experience you'll never forget. I have the best time walking and, and meeting voters and talking with them. Um, put a yard sign out in your yard. Um, that Those are ways to support my campaign. Talk about me. Say my name out there. Um, talk about what I stand for. Uh, go on my webpage at ChristyBruceLane.com. Learn a little bit about me. Reach out to me. Uh, but yes. Yeah, there's many ways to show support, and I, I would be grateful for all of those. So, again, ChristyBruceLane.com, and um, I'm looking forward to winning and taking back our seat finally in November. And I appreciate all the support I'm getting now and all the support of our community um, that I'll get in the future as well. So um, I'm excited about my race, Rick, and I appreciate you having me on, and uh, thank you. Thank you very much. Well, Christy, thanks for being a guest on the Real People USA podcast and people in California and people from around the country because California issues, uh, if, if not uh, tamed and, and, and fixed, these issues in California will spread across the country. So we need to uh, contain, I, I hate to say it that way, we need to contain these <laughs> issues in California and fix them. So again, Christy, thanks a lot. And again, your website is Christy. That's K-R-I-S-T-I-E, BruceLane.com. Thank you, Rick. All right. Thank you very much, and make it a great day. Bye-bye. You as well. Bye-bye.